Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, editor Heather Hartman for Box Pro Magazine, and I'm here today with the co-owners of CrossFit Push and Weight. I like that name, Push and Weight. Uh, but I want to go ahead and let them introduce themselves because there is three of them, um, and I don't want to get them confused. So guys, go ahead, say who you are, um, your role at Push and Weight, and we'll go from there. Good point at me. So, um, hi, my name is Kara Silva. I, my official title here is Director of Get Shit Done. So, I do all the kind of back end system stuff, the billing, the payroll, um, membership setup, and what, you know, that kind of stuff. So, that's my role here at the gym. And I'm Ashley Jenkins. My uh, title is Director of Fun. So, I take care of our social media and member sales, branding, and marketing. And my name is Tyler Cox. My title is Director of Death, and I'm in charge of cleaning the toilets. <laughs> no, no. Uh, a program for the gym. I'm the head coach uh, around here, and I help with like coach staff development and things of that nature. You do much more than clean the toilets. <laughs> you never Sometimes, clean well, the toilets. You know. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Well, um, First off, I love your guys' titles. I think they're awesome. Actually, I think I might have told you the email, but I am vying for director of fun here at my own media company. So one day, I too will have that title because I think it's amazing. Um, and what you can't see, you guys, is that they are chilling in their Ramwad room. You guys just look so comfortable and mobile and flexible. You look so swole and flexy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're all just shifted to be like, oh, yeah, look at us. We're all so nice and mobile and can move um but yeah so you guys thank you for introducing yourselves uh and then i would love to just kind of hear uh brief crossfit stories from each of you because you're all in the crossfit industry but you weren't born into it um and i just would love to know how you kind of came to know crossfit and how you each came to be here at push and weight in your current roles wow. I started <laughs> they were debating about who to who, who, to, who to have start <laughs> started it. Yeah, Tyler, you go, and then we'll go. So I started CrossFit back in 2000, late 2009, early 2010. Um, I was familiar with it through the military. Uh, when I got out, uh, while going to school, I got a job uh, being a personal trainer at a local gym, and a buddy of mine approached me who wanted to use CrossFit as a strength and conditioning tool to improve his mixed martial arts uh, game, right? He wanted to go amateur and fighting. So I was like, okay, well, I'll look into it, and I started following main site program in this big industrial globo gym, right, trying to do these main site workouts while people are, like, walking on treadmills. I'm carrying barbells in each hand, you know, getting the crazy eye, and um, went, signed up, got my certification within a few weeks. Like, they just happened to have one local, studied up, took the test, fortunate enough to pass, and uh, never looked back. Um, started at that point training some clients uh, from home. I got some equipment, one of those uh, Rogue Warrior packages. So shout out to Rogue Fitness um, in my garage. And with like the profits and stuff, I was just buying more equipment here and there. You know, all the fun little toys that they were putting out, and it just grew to the point I needed to find a larger space. Like the one-on-one -on -one CrossFit stuff wasn't cutting it, and I need to have more room for activities. So. 
me and one of my clients at the time looked at a facility or um, kind of like a small little shopping plaza area. And uh, there began CrossFit pushing weight in 2013. So. Cool. cool. How'd you come up with the uh, pushing weight name? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, at, while at that gym, there was a guy that was coming in. Um, very large, strong man. He used to do um, strongman activities, and uh, he would always walk in the door carrying his daughters on his shoulders, right as they come through, as he brought them into the area. And uh, his license plate said "Push and Wait." It was abbreviated, but I was just like, "Dude, that is the greatest name ever!" I was like, "If I ever open my own gym, I'm going to use that as the gym name." He was like, "Cool." I was like, "And if you ever want a gym membership, it's all me because of that." <laughs> But he never showed up to do CrossFit, so I don't, think, God, it was, no. I don't think it was his feet. Uh, a little too fast-paced, perhaps. But, um, yeah, I found it off of his license plate, and he actually got rid of the license plate and told me, and was like, hey, like you can use it if you want it. I got it and put it on it. my lot at the time, and, yeah. There we go. That sense. That is an awesome story, I have to say. That is really a lot of fun. That's really cool, Tyler. And put it up in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Thanks how it kind of started. Idea. The name of the gym. Cool. Well, Ashley and Kara, how did you guys come to the gym? Uh, so I'm just a typical high school, college athlete, been around strength and conditioning most of my life. And I was dabbling in some bodybuilding stuff. And my sister came to one of my last shows and said, This is not you. What are you doing? I don't like, this just doesn't seem like you. You have to do this thing I've been doing. CrossFit. She'd been doing it a year or so, and I said, okay, let me finish this one. I promise I'll go check it out. I went to my local gym that was a mile down the road from me and uh, fell in love with it. Um, I stayed at that gym for a couple years, and then I came to Push and Weight just as an athlete. It was a little bit closer to my son's school, and I walked in, and I saw some really, really strong girls, and I wanted to be really, really strong. I said, I want to come here, and then, of course, I met Tyler. So then I just became just an athlete at Push and Weight for about a year. Um, and then we could go into how we transitioned into that. But that's essentially how I got into CrossFit. Um, I think for me it started, uh, I worked in a corporate environment for a while, but I've always been um, a gym rat, loved to lift kind of by myself, with my headset on. And uh, one of my friends who opened one of the very early affiliates here in Richmond tried to enlist me probably in 20, 2009, 2000, probably 2009, but he kept telling me about stuff. I was like, no, that sounds insane. It sounds stupid. People are going to get hurt. Like, not going to do it. Um, and then um, I was able to stop the corporate work and become a personal trainer um, back in 2010. And it was at that time, I was like, I think I just need to try this CrossFit thing out. I've, I've read enough about it, talked to people about it, um, and went to uh, another gym that was here in Richmond. And um, pretty much after my first workout, I was like, I've got to come back and do more of this. Um, and I was really taken back because while I love lifting weights, what I loved, you know, that I found is that I loved the community. So I didn't really need to sit there with my headphones on quietly in the corner, like the people that bring you in. And, and then really, I, you know, I had never worked with a trainer before and having it being shown kind of what heavy lifting really is, what really good form is, what a, a full squat really looks like. And I would wish I had pictures of me squatting in my 20s to see what that really was, um, even though it felt badass at the time. Um, <laughs> You know, and so then I, I was there, and that's where uh, I met Tyler uh, down at uh, another CrossFit gym here in Richmond and um, connected with him. And then so when he opened his gym in 2013, 
um, even though I was coaching at two other gyms at the time. Um, somehow I just gravitated over towards him. She made a really risky decision. <laughs> yeah. His programming, and he and I have a, a good connection, and so I, I ended up at Push and Weight, yeah, for several years as just an athlete, so, and a coach, trainer, so. Cool. Well, and then, so how did you guys transition to the roles that you have now? Uh, well, in 2016, uh, it, there was just some stuff. It was two guys running the gym initially, so there was some stuff that probably needed some women's touch, some love and care. Uh, and so we really went to the with an offer. I just happened to be talking to, to Ashley, and she's like, well, I'd love to help out with that if you're going to help out with that. And so we really went to with an offer of just, can we help you with some of the slowing fruit and customer care and, and getting a little bit better organized with the stuff we know about process and, and customer service. And um, Tyler's other partner at the time, he's like, actually, this is a great um, opportunity. He's like, I'm looking to get out. And we we're like, oh, well, that changes the conversation completely. Um, so I don't, we didn't really start that, oh, we need to own this and we need to do this. It, it just kind of evolved into that. And um, yeah, and then that was 2016. And so the, we've, the three, it's been the three of us uh, ever since that time. How did that transition work then? Um, transitioning from Tyler, you and the other dude um, to the three of you. How did that transition look? Because you guys aren't the only gym that goes through this, um, is, is currently going through this, has gone through this. Uh, this is happening a lot in our industry. So how did that transition look? Maybe kind of even what did you learn from that that maybe worked well, that didn't work well? Um, that transition transition of even moving from member to ownership and, and transition between owners and, and this new push and weight that you have versus what it was. Pretty proud of how um, in the long term that it has worked out because his old partner is still within our community and he's a huge, huge part of our community and the fact that that kind of transitioned that way. I won't say it was seamless or easy because there was a point where he was like, wait, do I want to let this go or do I not want to let this go? Because he thought, well, maybe this will be easier when there's four people. And we kind of were like, hey, it's it's the three of us or it's not. I mean, we ultimately went that route because we kind of played in that space for a couple months before we decided that we would take it to the next spot. Um, is that yeah. is that accurate? Um, yeah. But then I guess that needs to be put to you. How was that different when you went from one one Man to I mean, two women being yeah, your partner. Was, you know, like uh, with the other co-owner, um, you know, he was just, he lived that corporate life, you know, every day. And, you know, waking up, dealing with things, you know, he wasn't, he would come in the evening and be able to take his class, you know, but he was just getting burned out. And then that, that put everything else on my shoulders, um, you know, from the 5.30 a.m. classes to we finished at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, like closing up. He's a typical working on in the business from morning to night, had no time to work on the business. So I think yeah, that yeah. was a big, big so, change for you. Totally. So when they came on, like, they, again, were able to put their woman's touch on things and, and focus on how to bring people through the door, how to keep them in the door, you know, and all the amenities and love and care aspect while I just focused on making people sweat and cry. So it was great. I'm kind of curious, what maybe has been some of the biggest um, either physical or programming or even process changes since starting in 2013 till today? What have been some of the biggest changes that you've seemed to be positive for Push and Weight that maybe came along with Ashley and Kara and maybe started before, maybe just happened this year? Um, but what are some of those changes and, and growth um, opportunities that Push and Weight has had that's really been like, wow, this 
business is doing good and thriving in this area. Heather, I wish this wasn't a podcast and was a vlog because it's really hard for us to show you the, the transition that we've had from the first push and weight brand to the brand that it is now. And, and while it is huge, huge physical transformation that we've had in our, in the design, um, I think it's just as huge within the space and, and our client experience. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think about I started thinking about the systems because we had we brought the gym onto Wattify, you know, so we had regular billing happening. Uh, we had member management; they were able to log the results. Um, you know, we uh, we upgraded the website. We've got so much business coaching that we had that processes are in place. You know, customer service standards established. Um, our staffing standards, you know, have have um, grown and changed. We have you know uniforms and and expectation service agreements with our staff and um, the customer experience with greeting people at the door. We have a front desk once we moved to this facility, which was a really important piece for us to make people feel welcome because, you know, that front door stepping through the door can be so scary and we really wanted to create such a, a great vibe. So, and, and yeah, and then the facility being a big part of that, that we created something that was, um, you know, a lot of gyms, which is fine. I mean, I've love those gyms and I worked out in a bunch of those gyms, but we wanted to kind of elevate um, the experience uh, from a facilities perspective as well. Um, and so our, as, you, as your magazine has featured us, uh, they can they can see what our gym um, looks like now as well. Yeah, and I'll, I'm gonna link that profile that we did on you guys um, into the podcast show notes because your space is very unique. Uh, it's really cool looking. It's just like, whoa, this looks, it looks like, you're outside when you're inside from the pictures that I saw with the, like the, the structure, it, it just looks really cool. I mean, was that because of the space that you move into or was that an idea that you guys had? It's a shell that we, we were, this is the third space. When he talked, he started in his garage, then went to that smaller space, then to a bigger space. And then we ended up buying this space and this is our forever home. So it was a shell when we took in, we did, we did, um, meet with architects and designers and my background is in design so there's some help in there too so we really sat and talked about how do people use the old space and how could we make it how could we utilize the new space and like she said we have a concierge at the front everything was really tried to think our way through of course we would change things now of course but when we sat and talked about some of the obstacles that would happen with people coming in they would walk in and not know who to speak to. So that was why we would have a concierge in the front. We also have like frosted glass before they can get through and see the big space so that hopefully that'll bring down some of that intimidation factor that they can't even see past. They can, they can hear some things going on and they can see that something's beyond that, beyond that door that's a frosted glass, but somebody's going to talk to them first before they can, before it opens up into the, to the bigger space. Um, so yeah, did that answer your question? What did she, yes. <laughs> Yes. So, was, so, so it was a, a shell. Yeah, yeah. So it was a shell that. Um, yeah, 2016 was such a kicker because I think we walked in with, hey, we'll help out, which then shifted into, oh, we're going to buy into ownership, which then shifted into, while that's happening, the building that we're renting, which we were uh, pretty content in, oh, that's sold. You guys now have to find another spot to, um, to oh, we'll, we have an opportunity to buy this building. It seems like a good business thing and building out a space. And, and then opening uh, this location in May of uh, 2017. Yeah. So it was... We had a, a 
<laughs> dinger of a year. Trial by fire. Yeah. All while trying to build those processes and move coaches from volunteer staff to paid staff. So Well, and figure yeah. out how we operate. How we work together. together. Yeah. yeah. I just like how Tyler's in the back just like... <laughs> He's, just, he's nodding, eyebrows raised, like, yeah, it was, it was a year. Good time to look back on it now. A lot. We were, yeah. we were tired. Yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, you got to think, within less than a year, they went from ownership to a brand new facility. You know, still dealing with all the day-to-day -day stuff, doing the build-out. And know. adding members along the way. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, like, less than a year doubled our membership base. So that was good. Oh my goodness! So, what would you guys maybe do differently, or change, or what was the biggest like learning thing? I'm like, ah, uh, this would be nice if if this were different. Oh, well, I mean, for like us and, and the goals we have now, probably you know, just having um, you know, we do you know our monthly staff meetings, and you know, we have our uh, NSIs that they they do and things like that. So, just having appropriate space to conduct a large staff meeting. Um, having you know a specific room or area dedicated to bringing people in and, and introducing them to the gym and having those evaluations and you know, some of those more personal things. Um, and we have a beautiful space. facility. Okay. Yeah, we have, we have make ton, more money from. Yeah, we have a ton of space and you know all the square footage doesn't always get utilized. So you know, looking at it now, it's like oh, future reference or maybe later on down the road we need to do this or. Some yeah, I do wish we would have had a. I don't know how you get more foresight before you, you know, build something because we had the conversations and we thought, but now there's definitely things I wish we could do different with the building. But you know, the, the layout is there. Um, but I think from uh, I'm trying to think what other things that we would look at from as we grew as a leadership team and our staff, like you kind of got to go through that to be where we are, yeah, today. And we sure. didn't. You know, we've always been able, we've been very lucky with the growth that we've had to always cover payroll and our bills and things like that. And I'm um, fairly tight-fisted with the gym money. So, um, you know, that's, we're very cautious that we can cover that and we can try to keep, um, you know, the debt low. Um, but I I think other than changing things around the building, um, which I don't know how we would have known to do that any different at the time, I, I feel like I that's mean, kind of the big thing. Yeah, but that's, all, that's what builds our character, too, you know, those, those learning experiences. Sure. But I wouldn't take any of that, those first days back because, yeah. and I will say, we were pretty cognizant of like, we don't, we don't know what we're doing. We need some help. Like we think, like we think we know what, we kind of think we know what we're doing. We think we can do a lot of things better. And there was a lot of low hanging fruit. We knew there was a really good small community and there was, there was such potential there. But I mean, really just going and helping get, get ourselves in our lanes from the get-go was, was pretty yeah, prepared of. Yeah, I mean, we coaches need coaches, right? If, like, right. We, I mean, we could do things good or we could do things great. So our expectation was to do things great, you know, like um, essentially piss excellence, right? <laughs> hey, that's a good T-shirt. <laughs> piss excellence. So, you that's know, a great T-shirt. <laughs> you know, uh, so, I mean, like at the end of the day, if you want to separate yourself from others, like how do you do that? Our objective is is that like we want their experience from walking through the door to when they go home at the end of their workout to be one of the best hours, if not more, out of their day between dealing with life's responsibilities and obligations. So, you know, customer service experience, you know, the coaching and programming, like it all needs to piss excellence. And if it doesn't, then we need to improve. 
I'm, I'm going to call the episode title How to Piss Excellence with Pushing Weight. That's going to be the... I love it. <laughs> I love it. So so you, you guys have talked about customer service a lot and all that. I mean, can you give me maybe... Um, some some uh real examples of like okay this is this is how we do customer service well you know and you brought up your concierge the fact that you even call it a concierge is like oh okay <laughs> i like that but like that's that's kind of like an example of like yeah we have someone there talking to people meeting members face to face um what other maybe things uh real examples um could you bring up and maybe speak on in terms of like, hey, like these are things we do well customer service wise or things we do well as a leadership team. I'm just trying to look for like specific examples. The smallest example that has made a really big impact that we've done for a while now, even in our old space before, when we have a no sweat intro coming in or somebody brand new, a drop in that's coming in, we make a sign that says, welcome Heather. So as soon as they come in, it has our logo and it, we know that we are expecting them. We have talked about how that sign has sold people. Like they're like, they take a picture of it immediately when they come in and like, Oh, they're expecting me. Like sometimes you walk into a CrossFit gym and you're like, who do I talk to? Well, here you're going to walk in. We already are expecting you. We have your name and lights literally. And we're ready to, to service you in that way. That so is it's, really cool. <laughs> so something so, so little, but makes an impact of just knowing, making people feel comfortable from the beginning. That they're expecting. Oh, I mean, we, we run a PT first model, um, but it doesn't matter whether you're a new person to CrossFit or an experience. We, we'd like to run through an evaluation portion to make sure, like, even though your standards for movement may not be up to par based off your experience with other gyms, but here we want to make sure before you enter a class environment that you go into it knowing, like, all right, if I can't do X, Y, and Z, this is how I as an individual can modify or scale appropriately for my workout. Right, like we try to make sure, like you know, some gyms may not snatch or perform ring dips or things of that nature. So they see that come up in a workout. You know, I don't want that individual not feeling like they can't come to the gym in fear of those movements. So I want to make sure that they are like, okay, if I can't do ring ring dips, well, they have you know the manacle bars or parallel uh, bars, or if I can't snatch. You know, maybe I'm just working on some technique with an empty barbell or I just work on certain pool aspects of the movement standard. You know, whatever the case may be for that individual, but they have some degree of comfort when they walk through the door. Yeah. Other specific, like, wow moments that you guys can think of, of like, what people, you know, our, our, our concierge is such a, a huge uh, asset to us and being able to think about that customer service and how can we celebrate them, those small successes. So we, we, do, um, we use Slack to do our coaches' communication. So we have a thread in there that has wins for the week or uh, day or month, whatever. So when the coaches put in, hey, um, Scotty got his first double unders today, then our concierge can go back at the end of the week, send a handwritten note, say, hey, we, saw you get, we see you working hard on those double unders and that you're getting those. You, you know, keep coming in. Here, you know, just a simple postcard, love uh, CFPWA staff. So that's part of their role. That's part of their task and their roles to be able to, to say, we're, we're seeing you and we acknowledge this and see you working hard. So. And they end up on the refrigerator right next to their kids, like, <laughs> that's right. And drawings. That's right. You know, like, they're, yeah. they're, they enjoy those, which is awesome. Yeah, no, uh, so for a while I had a role at my gym to be a sort of accountability coach and I would write people notes and they would send me pictures of them or like, I think it was three weeks ago someone told me like, yeah, I still have it hanging up literally on their fridge. And I was like, 
wow, it's really impactful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does make a big difference. So, um, no, th those are great examples. I'm just trying to think of like, you know, affiliates who are listening and they're like, well, that's great. You guys do customer service, but how? How do we do it well? So those are just helpful examples. And the basics, thing, I mean, we just try to think about, we ask our staff all the time too, when you go into other places and experience anything from Chick-fil-A to the Ritz-Carlton, um, but what is it about that that makes you feel special? And a lot of times it's, yeah, it's knowing people's names. Right. Um, that goes a tremendous, a long, a long way, um, and that you're remembered and recognized and, and, and maybe remembering details, um, that alone, like, raises you up above most people, um, and popsicles. We like to get popsicles oh, yeah. out oh, after Lord. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Little freezy pops. Little freezy pops. They get, it's really hot. Nothing's <laughs> more refreshing other than dying, like you're laying there on the floor, so I just hands you a nice... A little freezy pop, and you can just lay there and enjoy some yeah. quick instant sugar. We don't do cold towels; we do freezy pops. Yeah, yeah. That's right. a great like, idea. It's expensive too. Yeah, you know, it's like you just you throw a couple pies. packs in your freezer and you replenish every four to six weeks. I mean, they they, they get all over the place, but it's yeah. people love. But they it. love them. It's they're like part of the thing. Our, do you give community. them out after every class? Yeah, they're just free to whoever. Like they're in our refrigerator, so most they people can go grab them. Right. Yeah, You're yeah, not like saying the front class, like chucking them at people. No, but, which we yeah, could do that. That's a great the idea. The <laughs> class is literally what happens. Like one person goes, goes and gets a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the kids take them as they walk out as well. <laughs> yeah. That's common. Guys, that's such a good idea. I'm going to go to my affiliate today and be like, hey, <laughs> I have a great idea. <laughs> make alcoholic ones that you can get. At, um, don't get those don't confused, kids, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, so let's be a little careful about when we deliver these out. <laughs> That's amazing. That's better than the signs I see where it's like unintended children will be sold. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I like that one though. <laughs> No, those, those are really cool examples and just, and, and I know is definitely the small touches, the details, the knowing of the name that are so important and leave that lasting impression or sell them on staying. So I think that's huge, you guys. That's really kind of cool. Um, and then I did want to ask too, just because you guys talked a little bit about being your own lanes, you have your own title and Tyler only cleans the bathrooms and, um, but I just kind of want to know like how you guys even figured out your lanes. Was there something that just naturally happened? You were like, Oh, this is just where we fit. Uh, or how did that kind of develop? Yeah. We've I been mean, pretty lucky with that. Like, we, we talk about clear. it all the time. Yeah. My, mine was obviously pretty clear. I'm going to be in charge of, you know, making people sweat a little bit. Um, and then, you know, actually with her personality, it was definitely the, the, the fit to, Bring the zazz and, and the spark and pop. Well, and I'm the only one that gets anything it, done around here. Here's like the glue that keeps it all together, you know? Like She's the money girl, so she has <laughs> to keep it all together. Happy when you don't get paid. So. I mean, it's truly, we have had this conversation and members talk about it all the time. We wish that we could say that this was planned and thought out, but it's really just happened the way that we three came together and have yeah. different strengths and weaknesses. Three very different people, but come together in a really good way. Um, for the yeah. job, so that's fine. I, it doesn't have to be a hard story where you guys had hundreds it's, of talks. 
with bloodshot pretend that it's not difficult sometimes. Right, sure, it's like yeah. having, we always talk about like Jim spouses, it's having another marriage because communication is hard wherever you are. And when you have the stress of making sure that your 200 plus people are taken care of, your staff is taken care of, that they're, you know, we're all happy and, and thriving. Um, and we don't always see the world in the same way that that's a, it's a, been a lot of work and we definitely have had a lot of, you know, um, head banging, um, as well. Um, you know, so that's been a journey while, while we found our lanes, I feel like pretty naturally to our skill sets and it's kind of what covered the gem. It's, yeah, partnerships are not, not easy uh, for sure. So. I think relationships in general are just not easy. So <laughs> it's hard, but two, two is hard, but then three makes it, puts just a little bit more dynamic on it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And is it like making sure you're catching up with each other, communicating like yeah. all the time? You know, she'll be here in the mornings. He and I'll be here in the afternoons. Then, then she'll, she and I can get off or they can get off or what, you know, whatever it may be. So that getting off in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you might need to edit that. <laughs> it's fine. Tyler's literally. I wish you guys could see him. He's literally just lounging on a foam roller, and it's Tyler. You're cracking me up this whole time. I love it. I know you're. You're mobilizing. You're mobilizing right now. Gotta get those lats. <laughs> yes. While while everything we are in a very good spot, we won't say that it's not. We're we're not. It's like it's not the Instagram filter that makes everything. There is. Have you been unicorns yeah. and? all of that but. we do have a weekly meeting with each other um yeah that is part of it that's start off a week with a nice little weekly meeting just to make sure we got all our ducks in a row to tackle the week ahead and you know and if things come up you know we communicate via slack or text message or something like that usually but yeah you know yeah no no and that that makes sense um just connecting on that and then um, two, I am just kind of curious, you know, because I, I, I know I don't think you guys are painting the picture of like, oh, it's just been easy and we never have any fights and it's great. Um, I, I know it hasn't been. And if you told me that, I knew I would know you were lying. Um, but I'm kind of curious, maybe in your guys' opinion, what are what are some of the top challenges you all have faced um, in business? What are maybe for each of you it might be different um, and not even necessarily in like working together, but even just in business in general, maybe some challenges that you guys have overcome uh, that you could speak on and maybe even encourage other affiliates through because everyone goes through challenges in their business. We talked about this briefly and I was just saying, I'll let you guys speak for yourselves too, but something that's different for me is thinking about in most industries, you don't become as close as you do with the clients that we do. My sister's a dental hygienist. She sees her clients twice a year. You know, she doesn't, she may feel like she knows them well, but we literally get into their personal lives, but how to make it a business and friendship and clients and how that works. So that's always been a little bit of a challenge. And I think somewhat for Tyler too, when we first came in, it was like, oh, this person, I just, this is my buddy. We got to work out together. Like, and I don't want to charge this. So that was a, that's a big challenge for, I can see that being across the board for most affiliates. So I think we have gotten a really good handle on that. How would you encourage others around that? Or even how have you gotten a handle on it? That would be probably helpful for them to know. A lot of a mindset, just saying, these people love me. Uh, Love me. They all love me. (laughs) That's the only (laughs) mindset. That's the only mindset. They love me. But, you know, if if they truly are your friends, 
they're going to pay for the value that you are providing. So I think it was just a little bit of a mind shift on that and how to encourage people that in the long run, if, when you stop treating it like a hobby, then they will stop treating it like a hobby too. Um, and understanding it's a business. Like if you go to the dentist, always use the dentist example. Everybody loves the dentist. Right. I don't how know. About what about you guys for you? challenges for um, you? You know, like, I mean, for me, the biggest, I mean, I would say probably the biggest challenge for me as a business owner was, like, letting go of things. Right? Like, I was no longer the one in charge of most of from sun up to sundown. So to just be able to, like, let this go there or that is their responsibility now. Like, I mean, I could be aware of it but I'm not necessarily directly involved with it. So, like, uh, you know, like, like you know, we said, like, finding your lane, like, we kind of knew what our lane would be, but to all be on the same path, going the same direction, like, that took guidance and help from others, too. Like, you know, we sought out help from different coaches and things of that nature and, you know, gave us our individual roles and responsibilities and uh, stick with that and this excellence at it, you had to be focused on that and not be worried about, you know, necessarily what she's doing or she's doing, you know. Like, I'll stay in my lane and, and really focus on what I need to do and they do the same for them and then we just, we talk about it during our meeting or through one of our channels of communication. Um, huh. Feels. I know. It's, it's so funny because I, uh, I'm here. I They were giving me a hard time because I was sighing today. I think for me, um, like, I, again, just the just where I started with this and what, wanting to help and then kind of where we've come, and I really had to go from this is a hobby to, no, no, we're running um, a business and all that comes with that. And I have a tremendous, especially when there's big money decisions to be made, which is, coaching or price increases or having conversations with, you know, people that may not be paying, you know, what everyone else is paying. I literally want to have a goal and I do, we've accomplished that for a while now, but if everyone had a sign around their neck of what their rate is that they paid, no one's going to be like, why the fuck are they paying that much? <laughs> like, you know, everyone pays, pays what they pay. But I think I, I take that stuff so personally and so like I will not sleep at night and I will, um, uh, you know, I have a lot of anxiety around that, um, and these two have definitely, you know, helped me. I know that, you know, the biggest thing for me for that, hearing from them, like, you know, it's not you that has to figure that out. It's us. Like, we're in this together, and this is us as a team, and you don't, uh, you know, doesn't have to rest on your shoulders. And so um, kind of being reminded of that at the times where I've spun out and, and owning that. But I think the financial pieces around that and, and growing this gem as much as it has, and I don't know, the the – I've learned so much in the past few years around all of that, and, and my business partners have helped with that, the coaching that we have um, had around that, and I do a tremendous amount of reading and, and education and talk with people to see what the other's experiences are. Um, has, that, that's been a big challenge for me. you kind of got to feel the fear and do it anyway. And I feel like I've heard from many other business owners, gym owners, that there are those times in this process that you just, you'll feel that you'll have those sleepless nights and it's just part of the game. So that also helps keep me grounded that it's not just me. Um, being or, or she'll just make me the bad guy, which is fine. It's true. She's mm -hmm. fine. If something goes wrong. I do blame Tyler. It's okay. It's okay. It's helpful. You have two other people you can blame. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you guys, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing, sharing those challenges. I think, 
I think it's important, especially in this industry, for um, affiliates to hear, oh, look, everyone else is struggling too. It's okay. Um, because I think there is a lot of uh, good things that can come out of that, which is asking for help, getting mentors, um, being like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Because we all just send, tend to think, ah, oh, it's just me. No one else has this problem. Um, and I just see that in, in the industry a lot. So thank you for sharing your challenges. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so as we're kind of wrapping up, I guess if you all, in terms of the last question, if you all had to give um, other affiliate owners who are listening one piece of advice or one actionable item today, uh, what would that be? And you guys can answer as a collective or you can each have your own. You know, I, I can remember we had a staff meeting one time and I was talking about the Ritz-Carlton and how they do their experience and everything has to be this high class. And one of our coaches at the time said, well, I can't even afford to go to the Ritz-Carlton website. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, that's a good point. Like, let's think about this. Okay, it doesn't have to be all of the high-end experiences. What is your experience like at a at, – at a, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick-fil-A, right. You know, and they drivers. call you by name. They call you by name. So whatever it is that makes this impact. So, yes, while we want to be at elevated service and look at some of these places like a Ritz-Carlton or a Mercedes or whatever it may be, but thinking outside of just always looking at other gyms, like what is that other gym doing? Well, hey, what are what our clients frequent other places that aren't gyms? How are they used to being treated when they go get their Mercedes, you know, or their Starbucks? Or or, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. So that's a really actionable thing that you can even task like your coaches with to think about and come back with like something, you know, when we go to another gym or another place of business. Uh, continue to learn, you know, um, whether you're a coach or you're in charge of customer care or an owner, like there's always something that can be improved on and, you know, knowledge is power. So if you really want to up your level, like there's something you can learn to do better or be better at, right? No one starts out pissing excellence. You have to work to get to that point, right? So... You have to drink it. I know, you gotta drink it, you know. Um, so, you know, just getting out there and learning. I was like, ooh. You went real deep on that one. Um, but yeah, like, if it's, you know, helping develop coaches or being able to provide another service at the gym, you know, just anything. Like, we all had to continue to learn, to learn how to work uh, between the three of us, to learn how to work with our coaching staff, to learn how to work with our members and which members, you know, respond to different things. So, you know, it's always a learning game. Yeah, and I think for me, it would be, uh, I mean, we're uh, lucky that there are three of us and I don't know how this the solo entrepreneur does it. I know that they spend, they open and close the gym every day and here doing every single role. And I think, you know, so many of the coaching programs that we have t been through and talked to talk about, you know, your, your money and your time is worth money. So trying to find ways that you can offload, um, offload some of those tests, so not only delegation, but try not to do this all alone. Like there's no reason that it has to be on one person's shoulders to run this. I think to be a successful business, you have to have a successful team, whether that's a partnership or your staff or your coach and mentor that you reach out with. Like we don't do this successfully by ourselves. I don't feel like for me. So, you know, get, get help, ask for the help you need, buy the help you need, make time for the help you need um, so that you can live your life and, and run a great gym too. 
Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. You guys, thank you. That Those are really great um, pieces of advice and actionable things that I think uh, our listeners can take and, and use and apply because you can listen all you want and educate yourself all you want, but you got to apply it. So, um, but you guys, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for talking about pushing weight, talking about yourselves, challenges, being vulnerable. I loved it. Uh, but seriously, thank you so much. Super appreciate it. And it was great having you on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.